you don't have a Bible, where you're seated, there are Bibles, and it's page 616. Uh, as we're moving to a new facility on the 14th, uh, so we have a couple weeks left here, uh, I thought it would be um, helpful for us just to talk a little bit about hospitality and what Scripture says about hospitality. Uh, because as we, uh, as a church, as we're growing, uh, churches get in the habit of um, sort of drawing lines and saying, these are our people. And then we forget about the real call to hospitality and community, that it's always open. It's always gathering and including more people in community. And we all have some ideals of hospitality, and many of them are wrong, and we like to believe them. Because it frees us from actually having to practice hospitality. So let me read uh, Romans 12, beginning verse 9 through 13. And then what we're going to do is we're going to talk about four of these false views of hospitality. And then we're going to talk about the real uh, reason and motivation for hospitality. So this sermon is pretty heavy on the front end of do, don't do. So... um, and this is true with every sermon. We always need to listen to the whole part because in every, uh, a good sermon in the whole part, you always get the gospel. So the gospel's at the end. So if you doze off, uh, someone's going to have to wake you up and so you know that we don't do hospitality just because it's a command. Uh, there's more of a core foundational reason for it. So uh, Romans 12, being at verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Uh, One of the phrases that goes Uh, continually goes around in my head, I think I heard it a year or two ago, is that uh, Christianity is not complicated, it's just really hard. And you've probably heard me say this. And what happens uh, as Christians or people with a belief system is we say, it is too complicated and that's why I can't do it. And so we begin to make excuses. And we do that with hospitality. It's just too complicated. Instead of realizing it's not complicated, the real reason that we do not do hospitality is because it's hard and we're lazy. So we just have to understand that. Uh, it's not complicated. It's just really hard. So as we go through this, we need to understand what hospitality is. In the Bible, uh, the word for hospitality basically means welcoming a stranger. Welcoming someone who is um, not ordinarily in your home who doesn't ordinarily belong in your home. It's uh, opening your arms, opening your life, opening your resources to a stranger and including them so they can understand God's hospitality. But let's talk quickly about four wrong ideas we have about hospitality. Four wrong ideas that we really like to believe that are wrong. One is it's a gift. We like to have the idea that hospitality is a gift because then what does that free us up to? I just don't have the gift, but I will pray for those who have that gift. But it's not nowhere in the Bible 
is it called a gift? The word for hospitality in the New Testament is used six times in five different books. And let me read phrases out of each of these. It's here in Romans, seek to show hospitality. It's in 1 Peter. 1 Peter is written to the suffering, persecuted church. Be hospitable to one another. It's written in Hebrews 13. Do not neglect to show hospitality. 3 John 8. We ought to show hospitality. It's in 1 Timothy twice. An overseer must be hospitable. Talking about an elder. And then in 1 Timothy 5, let a widow be first put on the list to receive resources if uh, she has been hospitable. Meaning she has a deep understanding of God's hospitality. So, seeing that those are all the places in the New Testament that the word hospitality is used, uh, never once is it used as a gift. Uh, But we like to include it as a gift because then we can free ourselves and say that's really not what I'm called to do. Uh, Hospitality is a command to the church. It is a command to those who understand the gospel. It's a command, it's not a gift. Another false idea we have is it's only for extroverts. I'm an introvert. If you say, Jason, you have a free day, you can do anything you want, I will go be alone. But I understand that a command to be hospitable, I can't hold my card up and say, you know, God, that's a great request, but I'm an introvert, and so therefore it doesn't apply to me. Actually, if you look in your Bible, we don't even, the Bible doesn't even have those categories. Extrovert or introvert. And we can be wrong on both ends. Extroverts can be seen as, oh, they're the life of the party. Everyone's gathering at their house. But they can, do, they can have a wrong motivation for it because their identity is caught up in all these people having fun. And not really creating relationships and meeting needs and asking significant questions of them. And introverts, we can just run away from it and say it's not for me. No matter who you are, if you're an introvert or an extrovert, opening your home to people is hard. It costs something. It is hard. Um, When you see someone who opens their home and they have a lot of people in and out of their home and you see God building and creating relationships, it doesn't mean it's easy for those people. It just means those people have grasped something of God's hospitality, and they've realized this is part of who I am as a Christian. That I am called to do this. So hospitality is a command to every Christian, not introverts or extroverts. Another false idea we have is it is the institutional church's job to be hospitable. We create categories. The church is to be hospitable, So I'm hospitable at church in the institutional sense, but then when I'm home in my house, I really don't have to be because I fulfill that requirement on Sunday morning because I talked to three people when we got coffee and I was nice to them. I told them my name and I remembered two of their names. So we say, then I don't have to be hospitable anymore. Um, We have a Sunday morning hospitality team. Uh, And we have this not because the people on that team are going to fulfill this biblical command to be hospitable for you. We're not having representatives. They are the hospitable people. And you you and I can come and say, I really don't have to be. If you want nice people, I think they're over there by the coffee. (laughs) 
you and I are called to be hospitable. And that's one reason why uh, having a team to do that, that is specifically their job. We have Dan and Melissa Clute who do the welcome table. Um, we're all to be welcoming. It's not just the people at that table. But I would say, if you want to serve somewhere in our church, that's a big need. If you want to serve somewhere, we need people to help with coffee. We need people to help with visitor teams. There's enough things for you to do that line up with what God has commanded you to do. Okay? He hasn't commanded us to make coffee. So if you are strict and say, like, God didn't command me to make coffee, fine, you don't have to do that. I think God commands you to be hospitable. So we'll put you on the visitor team. You smile and be nice. Um, see, grace will come later in this sermon. So just wait for it. Um, there's a, a, a couple, I think 25 years ago, a New York Times writer uh, wanted to write an article about how hospitable certain churches were in Los Angeles. So he created his own criteria on a point system. And then with this, he wrote about churches that were hospitable. This is his point system. If he went to a church and there was a welcome table, the church got two points. He went to a church, and then later that week, he got a letter from the pastor. The church got three points. If they had a coffee hour, the church got five points. If someone personally invited him to a meal, they got 60 points. 60. Now, this is all made up. You just made up these points. But that's significant. He realized, as a writer, someone initiating, I'm personally going to invite someone to my home, or I'm going to meet them for lunch, or we're going to have a picnic at the park, that means much more than getting a letter from the pastor. That means much more than having a table or having coffee. Because it's personal. If someone just introduced themselves in a non-threatening manner, it's interesting that he put that in there. Um... <laughs> Maybe he had to edit his point system after some visits. <laughs> but if someone introduced themselves in a non-threatening manner, they got, the church got 10 points. This hospitality, welcoming, engaging, saying hello, having people in your home, this is foundational to the Christian life. It's not an addition. It's not a gift it's not the institutional church's job. It is your job. It is my job as we understand God's hospitality to us. In the, there's a book called The Hospitality Commands. In this, he tells a story of a couple who, uh, as they attended this church, they wanted to be at this specific church, but they didn't have close relationships. So what this couple did is they decided to have every single person at the church, over to their house within the next year. I think it was a smaller church, obviously. But say it's a church of 100 people. It's a church of 20 families. They decided, this is where we want to be. But they didn't have the connections. Because really, as a church, you have, what, 15? No, really, okay, no one comes early to church. So you only have the time after church to spend time with people. So many of you stay for 15 minutes. Some of you stay for an hour. But what this couple did is they invited every single person over to their house within the next year. And what happened? They knew everyone in the church. And with that, they built close relationships. 
Our problem thinking that it is the institutional church's job to be hospitable is we think then that the church is going to create the community for me. They're going to be the welcoming place I can step in, and it's going to be heaven on earth. It's going to be so peaceful. People are going to love me, and they're going to care about me every part of my life. It's never going to happen. That's not how it operates. If you, that's part of who we are as a church. We as a church are people who are called to create community. It's on the back of your bulletin. You're called to, if you're involved in this church, it is your job to create community. And you create community by being welcoming and hospitable. It's not our job as the institutional church on Sunday morning to create a community for you, it is, but it is to encourage you to create community by being hospitable. That's, that's who, we, who we are as a church. We want to encourage you to be welcoming and loving people. Uh, we cannot provide everything you need to not be lonely. We cannot provide it. Uh, some of you this morning, you come this morning and you are broken and you are lonely. And all you want is someone to care about you. We will disappoint you. We will not meet every need so you'll never be lonely again. We can't do it. But what we're called to do is to love you and be hospitable so we can point you to someone who does fill your needs, who will fill them greater than you or I sitting here would ever do to try to cure your loneliness. But we're asking as Christians that we Take the step to engage and create community. The last four uh, false idea of hospitality is that it's a practical issue. That hospitality has to do with uh, the size of your house, the cleanliness of your house, um, how many seats you have. And so we say, well, I really, I have a small house. I don't only have enough chairs for two extra people. I, uh, I, I don't keep a clean house. And so we say, then I just can't do it. Well, if you realize, none of, none of the, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, I remember serving at a church in a whole other area and being invited to uh, a birthday party and, and going to visit some people in the church. And um, I have never, I've never been in a hoarder's house before. But then going to these that show hoarders, it was stepping into homes like that. And I realized, wow, this is really how some people live. And it was me letting all my judgment go and realizing these are real people and they need cared about and they want someone to sit and have a meal with them and they're inviting me. And how can I be joyful and come and do this. But hospitality is really not a practical issue. It is not, does not depend on how big your house is. Now, it does depend if you want to have a significant number of people over. But many of you have been invited to our house. And uh, we've fit 100 and 120 people in our house. And it's okay. And stuff gets broken. Um, I remember having people over. I don't even know who this was. Um, 
but having people over in the last month, and at the top of our stairs, I saw a kid with a dumbbell, and uh, I've been working out, so it was mine. It was my two-pound dumbbell, and I walked up to him and said, where did you get that? And I think it was a boy. He said, downstairs. I said, well, we need to put that downstairs, and he went like this, and threw it down the stairs, and it didn't hit anybody. There was no one on the stairs. But I went down, and sure enough, bam, right into the wall, in the drywall. And my first thought was, it just makes me a little bit angry. Um, but then as I walked down the stairs, I realized it's just God refining me continually. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Stains on our carpet, mismatched chairs, dishes that are broken, it does not matter. What matters is modeling God's hospitality. That's what really matters. Hospitality is showing people that they are more important than anything in your home. Many times we treat our home as our refuge and our safe place. Um, Again, if you look at the Bible, that's never what your home is called. Uh, The only refuge we have is God alone. And your home, actually, in the New Testament, was to be a place of hospitality. You were blessed with that home. You and I have some kind of home or apartment, and we are to welcome people into that so they can understand our refuge, our significance, our identity is wrapped up in something else. It's not wrapped up in what your home looks like. It's not wrapped up in who is in your home. Your home is to be a place of peace. Your home is to be a place where you can welcome people and show them God's hospitality. So hospitality is not a practical issue. Hospitality is really a theological issue. Uh, It's really grounded in how do you and I understand the gospel? How do you and I understand what God as the great initiator has done for us? So it really becomes a theological issue. It has nothing to do with how big your house is. It has to do with how do you and I understand the welcoming God that we serve. Hospitality is a fruit of knowing God's grace. In the book of Romans, uh, the first 11 chapters are the most uh, theologically rich chapters of any New Testament book. It is Paul explaining This is the gospel. This is what Jesus has done. This is who you are. This is how Jesus changes you. This is what he's calling you to do. This is how he refines you and transforms you. And then he gets to the 12th chapter. And then he says, now that you understand all of that, now let me tell you what you're supposed to do. And in this, he begins with love one another and be hospitable. So if we don't understand the same thing that's in the first 11 chapters of Romans, we're going to look at hospitality as a a, a box on our list this week and say, I went to church and he told me to be hospitable. How can I do that with the least amount of energy so I feel like I can check that box and then I can come back next week? But what I really want you to see is it is God being hospitable to you. That's what's going to make you hospitable. 
That's what's going to make you welcoming. That's what's going to make you value people over anything in your home. And that's what's going to make you see your home as a place of ministry. One of the great things about uh, a church plant and not having a building, and I think there are a lot of great things about that, is that 12 hours from now, what's going to happen in this cafeteria? Yes. It is junior high lunch. So as we worship in this sacred place, tomorrow it is a sacred place when all of these junior hires have lunch together. And it reinforces the idea that ministry does not happen in this building. The most significant relationships, the most significant conversations that I've had have been in someone's home. Whether they've invited me or they've come to our home. Sitting around our table, having conversations. That's what changes people's lives. Because they realize that you really care about them as a person. Everyone expects you to say hi to the person who comes in the door. Because you get points for that. We just heard that. And that's expectation. You say hi to people. But scripture calls us to have people in our homes. What does that look like in your life? But I want you to see this not as a command that you have to then go act out this week. I want you to see how God is hospitable to you. I want you to see that God is the great initiator. God is the great welcomer. In Genesis 1, God creates his world. And he doesn't invite you. He creates you to be in his world. And then we see uh, in Exodus and Leviticus, we're talking about strangers. In In the Old Testament, you are always to welcome and include the sojourner and the stranger, to be a part of your community. And even if that person doesn't look like you or talk like you or smell like you, you you are to be hospitable to them. In this uh, phrase in Romans where it says, seek seek to show hospitality, this uh, word means it's a continual action. Uh, The word uh, seek to show is actually, you can can translate this word as uh, pursue and persecute. So Paul, uh, previous to understanding who Jesus was, he was Saul, and in Acts 26, he gives his um, uh, conversion story. And in it, he says, I uh, sought after to persecute Christians. He woke up every day thinking, my job is going to, I'm going to slaughter every Christian I find. And I'm going to pursue them, and I'm going to find them, and I'm going to destroy them. God changes his life. But that activity that Saul had to persecute the church actively, that's what we're called to do in hospitality. We're called to crawl over each other to be hospitable. That's what we're called. We're called to pursue it so much that people see that, that is, those are hospitable people over there. They understand something that I don't understand. That's what we're called to be. In the New Testament, hospitality was a distinctive mark of uh, Christians as individuals and as a Christian community. 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book Life Together says the person who loves their dream of community uh, will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. And I would even emphasize that the person who understands God's hospitality will create community. It will be just a part of who you are. And I think the great thing about it is we're all made very differently. So I could tell you, this is, these are the four or six or ten ways I want you to be hospitable this week. And I could make them up and pull them out of thin air and maybe even get a verse to back up some of them. But the reality is, if you understand what Jesus has done for you, he has gifted you in some way, not hospitality, but he's gifted you in some way, He's provided some kind of home or apartment or living situation. And so you get the great opportunity to think about, what will this look like in my life? And so if you picture um, our, our, our Christian growth at like a staircase, I hate to do that because then people think, well, I'm higher than that person. But this should, for the visual, just follow this. So like everyone's on a different step. And so as we talk about hospitality, there are people who, have written out a schedule of we're going to have every single person in our church over in the next year. There are people like that. And they're, they're knocking these people out. They're building relationships. There are people here on the first step and say, I said hello to someone this morning that I didn't know. That is all I have. And that's okay. But I want you to see as we grow as Christians, what we're trying to do is just be on the next step. I'm not saying you go out this week and invite everyone you know to your house and make a wonderful meal for them. No, what I'm saying is, what, what is the next step that God is calling you to take in line with hospitality? What would that look like? If you can't cook, that's great. There are people who are great cooks. And if you feel like you have to know how to cook to have someone over, find someone who can cook. That's a step in the right direction. If you have a big house and you just aren't a welcomer, you just, it's just a function you really don't understand, find people who are welcoming and say, hey, can you come over and can we invite some other people? Because I want to watch how you do this. I don't really understand. So let's get more to the grace part of all of this. Because um, I, I think without understanding the gospel and God's grace to us, we treat this as a Christian ethic. But the foundation of this is that God is the one who's hospitable. That all the commands that God gives us come from who he is and what he has done. So your acting of being hospitable, you're not taking any step that God has not taken for you. He's already done that. You, you think, and this is, as people, we get very prideful in like our growth sometimes, like I'm being more hospitable. Isn't this great? God, aren't you proud of me? Look what I'm doing. God has done all of that before you did it. He is the great initiator. If you are here and you understand the gospel, he has called you. He has provided the way for you to be in his family. And it's nothing you've done. What you, you and I did to be welcomed into God's family is we came as people who were selfish, who created idols of wealth and significance. And we came to God with, look at this, God. Aren't you impressed by how well 
I keep my house? Aren't you impressed by how well my children behave when we sit at the dinner table? It's not why God invited you. Because he saw you were a mess just like I was a mess. And he said, here, I want you to be mine. And he gives us faith. And he gives us a life of faith and repentance so we can trust more in God than we do in our own strength. Our hospitality is only grounded in uh, who God is. We are people who are to value what God values. God is a hospitable God. That is something that we are to value because that's who he is. That's who our great king is. So our our father welcomes us into his home. Our redeemer calls us heirs according to the promise. We inherit what Jesus has inherited. And then we as a church, we're brothers and sisters, which is every single love one another passage in the Bible. Hospitality is not practical, it is theological, it is an identity issue, it is a grace issue. I remember um, a few years ago, well no, it was more than that, it was 20 years ago, I was, <laughs> I didn't mean for that to come out that way, I was working at a church in uh, California, so north of San Francisco, and every year we took a, uh, we drove to Mexico. Uh, we got all these youth kids from the church and we drove them down to Mexico. I drove them, we crossed the border, drove two hours into Mexico, set up tents and did missions projects. And every year there'd be, I don't know, 50 kids that would go. Lots of kids. And uh, people were fine to send their kids. People were fine to, and my battery just went out. Um, people were fine to send their kids. They had no problem with it. But what happened was, can you turn this on? We're testing Tobin. I'll drive another. Uh, but what happened was, uh, is this turned on already? Okay. Aren't you glad you're not listening to this on tape? Um, okay. So what happened was, the people would tape, yeah, again, I dated myself, man, just don't put this one on the internet. Okay, let me finish this. Um, People would send their kids, but we always had to have cars. And so I remember the youth pastor one year stood up and said, all of you are so great. You are able to send your kids to Mexico, a place that's not really safe, but you trust us with your kids but none of you trust us with your cars. None of them. And it was a very wealthy area. So sure enough, we drove down in BMWs, Mercedes, into Mexico. But how, how many times do we do that with what we value? We say, oh, I really value relationships, but uh, I don't want any of this stuff broken in my house or moved. We're really, that's our identity. God is the one who's more hospitable than we could ever be. In uh, John 14, we see God's great hospitality. It says, uh, 
Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If, I were not, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. We're welcomed into God's eternal home. After this, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. To enter God's home, to receive God's hospitality, it only comes through Jesus. There's no other way. It's not ordering your life in a perfect way. It's not being more hospitable. It's not uh, following God's commands. The only way to have peace with eternal God is receiving from him first. And as we receive, then it shapes who we are. As we come to the table this morning, uh, we come to celebrate God's great hospitality. Uh, This table celebrates that uh, Jesus is not just the host of the one who invites us. Jesus is the meal. He is the one who not only invites us to his home, but he says, I want you to feed off me because this is the thing that's significant. In uh, Mark 14, as Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, um, he broke the bread and he said, take, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. This table this morning is for anyone here who understands that Jesus, his body was given for you. It's for anyone here who understands that Uh, Jesus' blood has been shed for the forgiveness of sins, that you are at peace with God because God not only has provided the meal, God is the one who's the meal. In Jesus, the eternal Son of God. If you are helping with communion this morning, if you... Well, as we're sent out, we're sent out because God is the one who initiated a relationship with us through Jesus. God is the great welcomer. And with that, God is the great sender of his people to be people of peace, to be people of hospitality. So please receive the word of the Lord as we uh, leave and be uh, welcoming people. But first, we're receivers of God's truth. And the simple benediction is, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen.